welcome to the September edition of the J.D. Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Taylor. I'm the Managing Director of Travel, Hospitality, and Retail at J.D. Power, and I'm joined by Andrea Stokes. Hello, Andrea. Hi, Mike. Andrea is our uh, travel expert in the hotel and hospitality space, and uh, as always, we always have Sarah Baggett on hand with us. Hello, Sarah. Hey, Mike. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Okay, good. Well, I guess the t- first topic we want to talk about is to give a little bit of a preview uh, of our app and travel app and travel web study uh, that we haven't done for a few years. Uh, well, another, another victim of the COVID disaster was our, you know, travel app and travel web study. Um, but this is a one that always uh, creates a lot of interest in the in the uh, travel space um, because so many people depend on. Uh, their interaction with the web to book things, book hotel rooms, book flights, book rental cars. And then their app, they're, you know, they used to just be able to find information about their rental car or an upcoming reservation or something like that. But, you know, the app does so much more now. And that's what we're uh, measuring. So just a kind of a preview, we're not, we don't have the results just yet, but we're going to be releasing this in October. So it's something to look uh, out for. We may have it as a topic, the findings, uh, perhaps in our November or December uh, podcast, depending on when the results get, uh, get released. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the kind of the overview of the whole app and web study is to look at, you know, what are the key dimensions of satisfaction? You know, what are the things that drive people to use an app and find it useful and satisfying? And the secondary part of that is how it drives loyalty to a particular airline or a particular rental car, particular hotel study. So Andrea, you know, you and I have been putting this together with our internal folks. So uh, maybe you can give an overview of how you look at the hotel business and how they use their app and web. Yes, well, definitely we know that over the past few years, uh, the usage of apps for Travel, whether it's uh, a flight, an airline, uh, airline flight, a rental car, or a hotel reservation, uh, is has just uh, really become um, more important. I think to travelers, they want the you know ease of access that mobile apps give them to um, their information, whether it's you know to their own account information or the information about the specific um, travel that they're undergoing, whether it's a flight, a hotel stay, uh, in the you know in the immediate um, time. So I think it's uh, important that we at JD Power measure uh, usage of the apps, but also how the apps uh, are functioning uh, for travelers in terms of their overall satisfaction with the app. So for example, you know, we do look at uh, things like navigation, uh, speed, um, you know, how quickly can travelers actually, you know, get things done in the app that they're trying to do, whether it's managing their account or uh, redeeming uh, points for free flights or hotel stays. Um, and, and then also, again, just getting that information that they need uh, on the actual day of travel. So those are, you know, all important, uh, not only to uh, hotel guests, but, of course, uh, airline passengers and those renting a car. 
uh, we're excited about uh, all of these metrics um, and how they drive both satisfaction with mobile apps. And then we're measuring the same things for satisfaction with websites as well. I do remember some of the little nuggets from the previous study uh, that I thought were very interesting. Obviously, speed is very important. People don't feel like the app is actually working unless it you know, responds immediately. Um, and I think one of the things that uh, we also found in the in the in the study results were that you know the more that the app provider or the web provider, especially the app provider, can make the communication or the feeling personal that you know I'm checking on my reservation, not just on the when the flight might take off, but when does my flight take off? What are my plans? How um, you know what choices of cars do I have? Not necessarily what's on the lot of the things that I really want, uh, you know, when I set up my preferences in my app, uh, you know, I want this particular type of car. And if it's not available, I want the next type of car, those kinds of things. <clears throat> Another one of those nuggets we found was in those messages that you get on day of travel or post day of travel that are more of a conversational style. Um, it used to be, and I think that only a couple of airlines still do this. And so just send a message out saying flight, you know, 105 is leaving at 410 from gate 64. And that's, well, that's nice, but that's not my flight. You know, it's, you know, if they put it the, in the context of your flight is leaving at, you know, 410 from gate 64. And if there's anything we can do for you, let us know to make your, you know, your travel easier. And using words like, hey, and hello, and hi, to make it more conversational really made an impact when the way that people view the interaction with the app or the web itself. So it will be interesting to see how things have evolved. I, you know, one of the things I've noticed is that they, a lot of the airlines, uh, I don't know if this happened to Andrea in the hotel business, but it certainly happened in the airline business, that during the COVID downturn, they really took the opportunity to revamp their websites and their apps themselves, which I learned, one of the things I didn't know, uh, previous to doing this study was just how much work goes into redoing a website or an app for that matter and why there was some inconsistencies within an, within an app. You can do the top pages and that takes a certain amount of time, but to do all the drill down pages to make them look, have the same look and feel uh, takes a quite a bit of effort, more effort than you would think, actually. It's not exactly push button. So Andrea, I don't know, do, you know, are there anything that you noticed in the hotel app and website of things that happened during COVID? Uh, definitely. Um, I think, again, the capabilities have expanded over the past few years in terms of things like text messaging with hotel staff, uh, you know, the ability to, uh, like you said, Mike, maybe personalize your experience a little bit, uh, especially with hotels. I mean, you know, there are some apps where you can actually uh, go into the app and select the exact uh, room that you want uh, from kind of a map of the hotel. And, uh, you know, that's something I think that's fairly recent. I don't remember that uh, really existing before the pandemic. Um, so those, those types of things, I think, are really, really cool, really important. I think consumers are starting to recognize that the apps have these functionalities and they're really starting you know, to use those features a little bit more. I, I sometimes think there, there are actually so many things you can do within a hotel app. 
it's it's hard to you know remind consumers like what's available, what you can do. Um, but I do think the companies in general, and this probably goes for the airlines as well, as they are, you know, trying to g- get consumers to self-service through apps and websites more. And I think with the pandemic and you know um, all of the you know, cancellations and, you know, things that happened during that time, I think the travel companies definitely realized that, you know, as much as they can get uh, travelers to self-service, because, you know, I I, I think it's, it's just a matter of, you know, time and having enough people to, to do customer service. And we know during the pandemic, when when everything kind of happened and everything shut down in March of 2020, the travel industry was definitely not prepared for all of um, the customer service that people would need. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that uh, the travel app and web studies come out in October. So please stay tuned. And uh, in another promotional announcement, uh, Sarah has asked me to mention again that the airport study This is the North American Airport Study that J.D. Power has been doing for, oh gosh, 20-something years now. Uh, We'll be released on September 20th, and there will be a webinar that will name the winners and do a little bit of analysis of what's happening in the airport business and who is doing well and who is doing not as well and what the changes are that are happening because it certainly is a very dynamic environment. So um, stay tuned for that one, September 20th. um, And if you'd like, you can contact one of us. Um, michael.taylor at JDPA if you want, and we'll send you an invite to that webinar. So that's the airport webinar on September 20th, 2023. The last topic we have for uh, today's podcast is the economics of the travel industry and how they're rapidly changing as we come out of this uh, post-COVID period and we get more into the normal flow of things. And one of the main topics that Andrea and I were discussing Uh, previous to this podcast were the economics around higher pay rates and hiring practices. And some of the things that's happened in the airline industry, as I think we all know, is the uh, airline pilot shortage um, that's been very severe. Now, a lot of people, a lot of analysts I've seen in the uh, space have blamed covid and the early retirement offered to airline pilots by the major airlines during the COVID period. And that is not what is driving you know, this current environment. Current environment is that airline pilot unions are in an extraordinarily good negotiating position and have been closing deals uh, with Delta and you know, American Airlines and some of the other ones where they're getting 40 and 50% pay raises to their union members. That would be pilots on top of retroactive pay increases and increased contributions to their 401k. And the COVID period had only slight impact on this situation. What's really driving it is the Colgan air crash uh, back about 17, 18 years ago in upstate New York, where the FAA had determined that it was pilot error that had caused this crash of a small commuter plane uh, near Buffalo. New York, uh, and that we needed to really up the number of hours that a co-pilot needed to have in order to fly a commercial aircraft. I believe it went from 250 to 1,250 hours 
before you could qualify to become a co-pilot, co-pilot becoming a pilot eventually. And um, this, that increase, that really, what, six-fold increase or so of uh, hours required really put the ability for a lot of people to become a co-pilot and move on to be a pilot. And we're really seeing the results of that FAA rule change today. And that's why the airlines are in such a good position to really ask for and get some extraordinarily great wage concessions for their union members. And Andrea, are we seeing anything like that in the hotel side of things? Definitely. Uh, you know, hiring has improved in the leisure and hospitality sector uh, since uh, we started coming out of the pandemic. So that's good. I mean, the, the industry, at least the hospitality industry, lost over a million workers during the pandemic. So it's taken a long time to, to try to get them back. They are coming back. But the reason they are coming back are uh, wages. And the hospitality industry definitely has realized it needs to be competitive with other industries in terms of wages. Um, and, you know, there are, there are, of course, some of the, you know, some in some cities, especially in urban areas, the hospitality um, workers are unionized. And I think that that's helped. And there have been uh, agreements with unions that we've seen since 2022 anyway that uh, have resulted uh, in higher wages similar to the airline industry. But even, you know, non-unionized workers are definitely, you know, seeing higher pay. Uh, the industry, I think, is also uh, being a little more creative with other benefits, um, especially offering benefits to part-time workers, which, of course, you know, hospitality um, has a lot of part-time workers working in the industry. So it's it's getting better. Um, you know, the, I think what's more important is attracting young workers and attracting new workers to the industry. You know, people who may not think of hospitality as a career. Uh, and I think the, the industry's, you know, realizing that um, this is a major issue and they are working on it right now. All right. Well, thanks, Andrea. Well, I believe that's it for... Uh, this month's podcast. Um, once again, I'd like to thank Sarah Baggett and Dan Sharp, who are our producers for this segment. Thank you, and Sarah and Dan. And also Andrea Stokes, who is our practice lead for hospitality studies at J.D. Power. And I'm Michael Taylor. And we will see you next month on the J.D. Power Travel Podcast. Mm-hmm.